Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This guy has been a welcome addition in the second half of the football season. He's been very sharp. He's been on the money. He's a good buddy of mine, so you know I like him. The great Sam Panionovich, Chicken Dinner Podcast, NBC Sports Chicago. He joins us to break down one of the best football weekends of the year. Double dip Saturday in the NFL, double dip Sunday in the NFL. And oh, by the way, the national championship game on Monday. Sammy Boy, how you doing, kid? JJ doing good. Let's be clear, though. We go up when we win. We have to talk about when we lose. I, I had an awful last weekend. One and three. I had that Patriot over. They had they had, what, 27 points at half. I needed 44. They don't get there. And then I know you and I were both on the Eagle. Carson Wentz getting knocked out in the first quarter. It was one of those weekends. You move on and you try and get better. You ain't kidding. It was a one and three weekend for me as well. Now we get back on the horse. Now we regroup and we try to kill it for the divisional round. Sam, before we dive into these games, wild court weekend overreactions. You have teams like the Tennessee Titans and the Minnesota Vikings coming off very, very impressive wins at New England, at New Orleans. So over the years, how mindful of you of not being like suckered into what the prior week narrative was? Like, is that something that you're very mindful of going into this weekend? Definitely. I mean, people will overreact to one game. They'll take a 17-game sample size, and they'll throw that in the trash can because they just watched a playoff game, and they make their assessments and their judgments off of one result. Like the Tennessee Titans, for example. I had the over last week. Didn't come through. But I can tell you this. I wasn't on the Patriots, and I'm not going to be one of those people that watched that game. Like, for example, there are going to be a lot of people that bet the Patriots last week that are going to automatically flip and because they lost on the Patriots, they'll go, oh, wow, I was really wrong on the Titans. And they're going to run to the window and bet the Titans this week. Also, on top of that, everybody that bet the Titans and the Titans money line last week, that was the public side, too. Let's not get it twisted. That was a lot of public money on the Tennessee straight-up side and the ATS side. They backed the Titans. So everybody that bet the Titans and those that lost going against the Titans, they're all going to be in that Titan basket this week. And I'm telling you, man, going up against the Baltimore Ravens, that offense is a whole lot better than New England. And I keep coming up with a final score, Baltimore 31, Tennessee 13 or 17, because I'm not overreacting to one single football game. Yes, the Titans played very well, but they played against a very shield back New England offense with not a lot of weapons. Brady had no deep threat. The running game was non-existent, and Brady's 42 years old. Baltimore is a whole lot more explosive, and they can do things that New England can't do. So, not that you meant to lead me into this game, but one of the three picks I made this week, I took the Ravens. I laid nine. Now it's nine and a half. It'll probably close ten. I am not scared of Tennessee's outright win. It was a good win, but now you got to do it again against a much better team. Okay, Sammy, historically speaking, how good have the home teams been? Just gut feel. Do you feel that, like, the team 
in the divisional round a lot of the times, you know, because what we're watching on Wildcard Weekend can almost be a little overvalued. Like, normally, are you more prone to taking the home team and taking the team that has that extra week of preparation and is sitting at home, relaxing over Wildcard Weekend? Or do you almost look at it as like a case-by-case type of basis? Let me answer it this way. I think in the divisional round, there's a step up in competition. And in the NFL, I am not scared of playing points in the divisional round or the conference round if the spread is under seven. Because that it might seem like a lot when you look at a point spread of five or six or seven, but it's really not. I mean, that's a one-score game. Uh, the one game that I crossed off right away, and I think this is funny because I'd love to hear your thoughts on this game. Like that Packers-Seahawks game, I could make both teams favored by three. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle was minus three or Green Bay was minus three. I know we have to give the Packers the three points for the home field, but I, I could make a case that both teams could be the favorite in that game. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, I don't really want to lay points with either of those teams. And it's funny, a lot of the guys that I talk to that bet for a living have both said, I can't wait till we get to the divisional round and I can fade Seattle or Green Bay. Well, go figure. They're playing each other this weekend, Sunday night game in Green Bay. We're going to miss the snow, too. We're not going to have an ice bowl or a snowball. But that's the one game where I just I can make a case for both teams, and I cross that one off. Uh, we've talked about Baltimore. I have no issue with Baltimore. Those high spreads in the playoffs, they're high for a reason, man. There's a reason that that line opened nine, and now it's getting to ten. Uh, but the other game I, th- I think is fascinating, the San Francisco-Minnesota game, because if you look at the ATS numbers – the most profitable team remaining in the postseason as far as what they did from week one to week 17, it's the Minnesota Vikings. They have done nothing but make you money as a sports better, and they've been undervalued all year long because what's the narrative with Minnesota? Kirk Cousins can't win a big game. Well, they just went to New Orleans, and they won a big game. And now people are saying, well, they can't do it again. Now they got to go across the country. They go from East Coast to West Coast. But that's just one of those games where I think the Minnesota defense, and look at what they've done this year against the tight ends. They've been very good against the tight ends, against the middle of the field. And that's really what San Francisco does well. They attack the middle. They use the wide receivers underneath. And they use Big George Kittle down the floor, or down the field, I should say. Minnesota on third down and against the tight ends, they've been very good against passing offenses. And I talked to a couple bookmakers that I really respect, and they thought the line should be about four or five. The fact that this number is hovering around seven, I think that's a little bit high. And I actually lean to the Vikings side here with a really good defense and a solid running game. Dalvin Cook has been eating teams up on the ground. That Minnesota side, I think that's a little too high. And Jimmy Garoppolo, what has he done in the postseason? We just we don't know. We haven't seen it yet. So that's a number I feel like is a little bit bloated. But that's what happens. People overreact to what they've seen in the regular season. And, yeah, San Francisco is the one seed overall. But I want to see it when it counts. Sam Panianovich, Chicken Dinner Podcast, NBC Sports Chicago, breaking down the divisional round in the NFL. Sam, I think we're going to be in agreement on this. Out of the three massive underdogs, so significant underdogs that you have, Minnesota plus the seven, the Texans plus nine and a half, and then you have the Titans plus nine and a half for ten. Are you in agreement with me that Minnesota is the most live of those three teams and would have the best chance of, dare I say, going on the road and winning outright? Yeah, because I'm not really scared of the San Francisco offense. I don't know. 
let's be clear. I think that's a lot of points to give the Houston Texans, and we've seen the Texans beat a couple of really good teams this year as another dog because you look at what Houston does really well. Even though they have Bill O'Brien as the head coach, they control the TLP. They've got the rock, they keep the rock, and they keep you off the field. So I think that is sort of a bloated spread, but Kansas City is just so loaded, and in Arrowhead, it's a different monster. I really like my chances against Jimmy G in that playoff game. Getting seven with Minnesota, uh, they're feeling themselves right now. And a team like that, they've already won on the road. They're sort of feeling themselves right now, and they're playing with house money. I agree with you. Of the three bloated, bigger underdogs, I think Minnesota outright would make the most sense. Uh, I'm not going to take the Houston Texans outright. The other game, eh, not so much, really. I don't, I don't really like the Titans at all. I wouldn't make a case for them finding lightning in a bottle two weeks in a row. So, yeah, I agree with you. Of the three teams that I would throw a little scratch on to win the game out, right? It'd be Minnesota on the money line for sure. Sam, let's get to Seattle and Green Bay. You're right. These are teams that have found ways all year to win one-score games. They've looked unimpressive. I felt that way about Seattle. I felt that way about Green Bay, and yet here we are, and one of those teams is going to be playing in the NFC title game. I don't look at the Packers as a real 13-3. and I didn't look at Seattle as a real 11-5. and Are you surprised this line, knowing Russell Wilson and what he's done in big games, Pete Carroll and what he's done in big games, has shifted and moved towards the Green Bay Packers with a lot of the tickets coming in on Seattle. You surprised this down four and a half. I'm a little bit surprised. Yeah. I mean, and that's a big move too. to open three and a half right away, go to four, then go to four and a half. I mean, that's not a little old lady walking up to the window and making a $25, $50 bet. I mean, those are substantial bets on the Green Bay Packers, but I'll tell you what, man. And it's funny because I was getting through my prep work. And as I looked up on the NFL network last night, it was that NFC championship game when Green Bay was up, I think two touchdowns in 2014 at home in Lambeau and the Seahawks scored a touchdown, recovered the onside kick and then scored a touchdown to force overtime. They went in overtime. It's just so hard to spot Russell Wilson points because the guy, I think he's the most frustrating quarterback to bet against because every play has a chance for life. And he is so damn good at improvising. If you miss a tackle, he's going to break out a 20-yard run or he's going to throw a 30-yard bomb. And that guy just makes plays. Broken plays are killer when you go against Seattle here. And this would be a game, I'm not going to touch it on the side or total, because like I said, I can make a case for either team to win this game and cover this game. But I think this is one of those key games here. This is probably my favorite teaser game of the week. If you can take Seattle from plus four and a half go through six, go through seven, go through the 10. You can get the Seattle Seahawks at either plus 10 and a half or plus 11. I think that's a very good bet because this, this is probably going to be a field goal game either way. If Green Bay wins by a touchdown in overtime, so be it. Uh, you have a lot of wiggle room here if you tease Seattle up because I don't think they're going to get blown out. It's going to be a sloppy game. Both defenses are better than you think. And I have no problem teasing Seattle up through all those key numbers, through the 6, through the 7, and through the 10. I think that's my favorite teaser pick of the week. Sammy, doesn't it seem so obvious, though, that a Kansas City-Baltimore tease is something that you got to throw in? I know it's very square. I know they've set that number at 9.5, so if it's a 6-point tease, you get them at 3.5. But my goodness, Ravens and Chiefs tear. I I love that. I expect both of those teams playing next week. I'm not going to fight you on that. Uh, No 
about a bot. I mean, I had a guy tell me a couple of years ago that did really well at the Westgate Super Contest. He goes, all I do in the division around is I pick the better quarterback. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, real sharp guy. And guess what? All the quarterbacks that were better won in that divisional round. And every year is different. It's a small sample size if you look at it in one season. Um, if I had to pick one of those two to tease, I feel a whole lot more comfortable uh, teasing the Baltimore Ravens down. Uh, but again, if you're teasing from nine and a half, you want to get that six and a half. Don't don't tease down to three and a half. You want to tease to that fat three because the three is such a key number in the NFL. If it goes to overtime, you're not going to get hosed on a field goal in overtime. If you're laying three and a half, you're going to lose obviously the minus three. Uh, but I just I've seen too many times going through his college career and in the NFL season too. Deshaun Watson, a lot like Russell Wilson, man. They're just they're good when they're down, and I don't think the back door ever closes. I feel a whole lot better teasing down against Ryan Tannehill than I do against Deshaun Watson, who I still think is a top six quarterback in the NFL. Sammy, now we have the national championship on Monday. And after you get through this great weekend of NFL action, you got Joe Burrow taking on Trevor Lawrence. And because of LSU's dominant year. And because of the fact that LSU is playing this game in the Superdome, I expected all of the action to be in on Coach O, and that's why this line has gone to four and a half. It's now at six. That said, Clemson's been good to us. They've been very good to me over the last couple of years. They got a quarterback who, without a doubt, will be the number one pick next year. They got Dabo Sweeney. They're the reigning undefeated national champions, and they're getting six points. For me, Sam, that's almost impossible to pass up. I made this game LSU minus two. I could make a case that it could be LSU minus three. And, and let's not get it, you know, let's not get it out of order here. I was one of the first people on this LSU, you know, ascension. When they played Alabama and that line was about six and a half or seven, I said LSU is going to win this game outright because they have the talented quarterback and they have the offensive schematics behind Joe Brady who came from New Orleans and rewound this offense to make it a lot more electric and a lot more diverse. I was told by many people, oh, they can't beat Alabama, blah, blah, blah. And then they beat Alabama and they start blowing teams out and everybody is on that purple train now. It's almost like the, the bandwagon is full and everybody is betting LSU. I texted Johnny Murray, buddy of ours at the Westgate. He said they can't write any bets on Clemson, which is amazing to me. That's pay. amazing. Sam, it, that is it, amazing to it, me. And they moved it to six. They were at five and a half earlier in the week, and they said, all right, let's move it to six because they're trying to balance the budget here, man. They're trying to get some of this action on Clemson. They moved it from five and a half to six, and all they did after that was take five five-figure bets on LSU still. People are still laying six with LSU. I, I just think the number is too inflated here. By the way, against a quarterback who's never lost a college football game, ever. We're on the same page, my friend. We'll be riding the Clemson Tigers. Now it's time. Your best bets. Clemson's in there, so why waste any time there? What else you got? Yeah, I like Clemson. Took the six. Pick the six. It's over. We're on to Cincinnati there. It's already done. It might close six and a half. It might close seven. I don't care. I think that team should be getting two and a half or three. So it's just a, an overinflation and an overreaction to the last three or four games LSU was played. And that's fine. I'm going to take the points with Clemson. Uh, like the Ravens, minus nine. 
not going to fall into that trap of Tennessee upsetting an overrated New England team. I didn't like New England last week. I liked the over. It didn't happen. Uh, but I think it's a rude awakening against a much better offense. They're going to have a hard time against Lamar Jackson. I think it's 31-13, to 31-17 Baltimore. And I'm going to ride this Viking wave. Skull, I think they're getting too many points here. It's a good defense. I would argue it's maybe a better defense, getting points on the road. You're almost getting better value because Minnesota's on the road. If this was a home game, I wouldn't like it. I like them more getting more points, if that makes any sense. You get a nice fat seven. So it's Clemson plus the six, Ravens minus the nine, and the Vikings plus seven. If I had to tease, brother, I'd tease Clemson up from six to 12 and a half, and I'd take Seattle from four and a half to 10 and a half. I know the teaser lost last week. Still had a winning year with the teasers. I like Seattle and Clemson with the keys. Sammy, I love it, bro. Sam Penionovich, Chicken Dinner Podcast, NBC Sports Chicago. Great perspective as always. We'll chat next week for Championship Sunday. And before you know it, Sammy, it's going to be college basketball season. I mean, I'm talking nitty-gritty. I'm talking conference tournaments. I'm talking big boy tournaments. So get your popcorn ready, my friend. I'm ready. Good luck, man. Make some money. There you have it. Sam Penionovich. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.